Blog Talk Radio. Live from Chicago and Las Vegas, you're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's Page One with LaVar and Mary on Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio Nation. We're glad to be back. We're glad you're back with us for another edition of Page One with LeVar and Mary on this Friday night. Um, what is this? Uh, December 17th, 2021. We've got two shows left after tonight for the year. Uh, we have our Christmas Eve show next week, which will also be our Christmas Eve slash Festivus show. And the week after that, New Year's. I don't know what we're going to do for New Year's yet. I'm still debating on that. Uh, That all depends on a certain someone's schedule Uh, (laughs) of what time we do this show. Uh, I'm going to bed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, the reason why it sounds like I am walking around and about is because, uh, well, first of all, we weren't here last week, so we missed you. Uh, we hope you missed us. Um, and the reason why uh, is because I had a chance to see Mary this weekend, this past weekend. So, yes, Ooh. I was out in Vegas for a quick 24-hour trip. <laughs> it really was. It really was a good trip. Literally 24 hours. So, There's um, a lot packed into a lot, in a very short amount of time. You know what? I'm surprised I kind of – well, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I got a chance to see you, and I'm glad I got a chance to um, get out that way. And everybody asked me how the trip went. I was like, it was all a blur. I was like, I landed. I went to my favorite restaurant. Uh, I had a chance to see you. I had a chance to see your daughter. I had a chance to see your friends. And I had a chance to do a little bit of partying and dress up and then turn around and get on a flight and come home. <laughs> I, don't know if 24, I don't know if 24-hour trips are, like, my specialty, but I was amazed that I was able to accomplish that. I can tell you when I got home, I pretty much uh, relaxed. I went straight to bed. <laughs> My only regret was that I got up to watch the remainder of the Chicago Bears game. <laughs> and I probably, <laughs> you probably should have so, just left it. You were having a good weekend yep. up until that moment. Yeah, pretty much. By the way, shout out to folks in Spain and the U.K., because this week it was announced that the Spain and the UK are now the international home markets for the Chicago Bears. 
So the Bears can sell sponsorship rights in those places. So for the UK and Spain, how fun! Bear down. Yes. We got yes, a lot of fans in the UK. Yeah. So hopefully they will all become Chicago Bears fans. Uh, and you can teach them all about. Went. Yes. Just try to avoid the '85 Bears, even though we love them and they are legends here. We're trying to get away from that. You know. <laughs> like people talking about the Joe Namath led Jets. It's kind of like it was such a long time ago, you know. Um, by the way, oh, I didn't even formally inter- did I formally introduce you this week? <laughs> no, no. Cool. The voice you hear is my wonderful friend Mary, who joins me here. <laughs> on I think they know by now. Um, they should. They should know by now. Which mm-hmm. is why I kind of started coughing because I kind of started to laugh and inhale at the same time, and you never do that. Yeah. I know you've been a little bit under the weather, and I'm appreciative that you were able to make it here tonight. And I know um, I'm still kind of, I don't know, this cough is like here and there, and um, it's trying to make an appearance back again, which I hope not. But. Um, when you have had pneumonia, it is definitely an ongoing struggle, which you hope that you are able to beat everything with the edge of its life with pneumonia. But um, <laughs> doing good, <laughs> knock on wood. There's so much to talk about tonight, by the way, uh, so much to do. Actually, what I told Mary was that uh, Mary was sweet enough to give me a gift here uh, when I saw her. I did not open the gift because I was going to wait because I didn't even get a chance to open it in front of her and I was going to wait until she had called me and I haven't had a chance to talk with you until tonight and I told her that I was going to open this up so I'm going to I know this is the worst thing that you can do on radio but I am going to uh, <laughs> you can hear me uh, actually you can tell the folks how your how your week went while I'm opening up this box here okay well my week was, was crap <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm excited about this gift. Um, uh-huh. No, I was I was under the weather, um, not not the the dreaded big C word. Um, it was just a cold, but it did knock me out. So um, probably you know that push for a full week to just kind of go 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 go. My body decided uh-huh. that it was time to not go. Um, but I am glad that I got to hear Mr. Lavar open up my gift. Because I'm kind of excited. Because it's also kind of tongue in cheek. She wants this stuff very well. And she knows of my, I don't know, if, I'm not calling it an addiction. This is awesome. I love this. <laughs> I see two things in here. And there is the first one, uh, she is feeding into my addiction, which is not good. <laughs> I love this one. This That's is awesome. funny. It's tongue in cheek. Come on, it's tongue and cheek. <laughs> I know, I know, because she knows of my distaste for blue things. But <laughs> I love this particular one because she was able to get me. She couldn't get me the peanut collar or the cherry, but she got me. <laughs> a oh, blue I could have, but I didn't want to. This was way more fun. 
I know she had me a blue raspberry Slurpee Funko, which I love this thing. This goes on my desk. Thank you so much. This goes on my desk. <laughs> I, I knew as soon as I saw it, the rationale why. And I also see this wonderful magnet here from Abby Rowe. Oh, yes. I love it. And I guess I have to ask you about so, going through Abby Rowe. <laughs> so there's two things. One. Mm-hmm. The the um, his addiction with Funko is great, but he will never eat blue food or have a blue Slurpee. So this is the closest I can get to having him have a blue Slurpee. <laughs> Which I could have gotten. I could have. I had. I had all three to choose from. <laughs> I had all three to choose from, and I was like, No, I Actually, need to four. use the blue one. There's four. There's Did banana, blue raspberry. There's banana, blue raspberry, pina colada, and cherry. Okay. All I had was the pina colada and the cherry and the blue raspberry. So, yeah, <laughs> blue raspberry it was. That was instantaneous. It was like, and thank you. Um, and then the Abbey Road magnet for my dear friend who is a big Beatles fan. Um, yes. And I, I, I kind of want to drag him out there just because it – fun, it's amazing, it feels great, you know, there's there's history there, but then on top of that, it's it's so quiet, except uh, for the tourists. Does that make sense? Uh, like, if you can no, get around sense. the tourists, it's very, it's a, it's a nice neighborhood, it's really fun. Um, it is still a road, so when people cross <laughs> the road, drivers get pissy, um, but you do what but you do. When you cross you the know? road, when they cross the road, do they get to the other side? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. Depends on which end of the picture you're on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but these are awesome gifts. Thank you so much. I, I love it. And I, like I said, I laugh because I knew exactly what it was by just the packaging. And as soon as I opened it up, I was like, it's got to be a Funko. And I was like, which Funko is it? And then as soon as I opened it up, I see it, and I saw the blue. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you didn't have uh, it. It was great. That, and it is in a, it, is, it didn't get crushed because it was in the box. It, it, and the best thing about this is that I did not even know that 7-Eleven had Slurpee Funkos. So um, now I guess I have to stop by my local 7-Eleven and see if they have more. And I feel like I need to add to the collection. So, yes, that's that pretty awesome. I didn't even know that. That's, that is an awesome gift. I'm going to put this here on my desk uh, here in the studio, and I will actually look at this every week now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm and I did make sure to get friend. the uh, protective case as well, so hopefully yes, it didn't crush or anything. No, it, it did not, and this is actually pretty impressive because when I saw it, I was like, oh, this even got the, you know, you worry about putting things through airport security, and I, I mean airports. And I, and I love you all who work at the airport, but I had a traumatic experience happen when I entrusted in my suitcase uh, to put Funkos in there, and I did not protect it as well as my friend did with the box, and it crushed uh, the box. And for those of you who collect Funkos know what crushing that box means, and you're heartbroken and then pretty much just resolved to opening the box and now putting it somewhere. So. <laughs> um, I love it. Thank you so much. And I, and I have to, and I do have 
uh, gifts for her, and I, and I have to I tell her every week, I gotta get it in the mail. I gotta get it in the mail. Uh, <laughs> a little slow on it. Get here we'll get the, yes, they'll get there. They'll get there uh, within a year. Uh, <laughs> one at a time. Oh, every trip, you can bring one more thing out. It'll be great. I was going to on my trip, and I was like afraid to put it in the suitcase because I didn't want it to get crushed. That was the thing. I was like, I would be heartbroken for you if it got crushed. And yeah. Right. So um, I'm going to ship it the best way I can that makes it safe, and we'll get it out there. So no, because I got her Funkos too. So this is, uh, she's not even a big Funko collector, but I know uh, she is a Hamilton fan. So I got her Hamilton one, and I got her a She Ra one, which is it's going to be on its way. So that that is awesome. Thank <laughs> I know people people who Yay. really know me, like Mary knows me, knows that how I feel and I think I've mentioned it on this show about some blue foods and blue things and my distaste <laughs> for that. <laughs> and um and I tell people, you know, on birthdays, I was like, just don't get me a cake with that blue icing. And one year, some people, God bless, God bless them. Uh, they know also like Superman. I have a bunch of little Superman figures uh, on my desk, and they got me a Superman cake. It was like, yeah, we've got you a Superman cake, and I was like, oh no, because what color is majority of Superman's costume? Blue. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine they kind of had a good laugh about it because they were like, yeah, we realized it after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a double edged sword. It's, it's a double edged sword. Uh, I tell you. I love the color blue. Love royal blue. One of my favorite colors. Eating anything blue? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which is why a blue Slurpee, a blue raspberry Slurpee, this is the closest I'll get to making you take one. Yes. <laughs> you could say I've had a blue raspberry slurpee, Funko. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. I I loved it. I didn't even like I said I didn't even know they had slurpee Funkos, and I didn't even know it was out. So that is you, you got me. Actually, that's you got me because it's something that I don't have. Because um, normally when I go to the store, I will pick up a Funko or two, and I actually got one, which is pretty awesome that they had. Uh, which was a Walmart exclusive this past week, uh, which is The Rock. Uh, and it's in their art series. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, and it actually comes in this hard plastic. Let me actually – it's a hard plastic um, container. Um, and it's pretty nicely done. I think I already see these things on eBay going for about 50 bucks. So, yeah. Uh, but, yes. If we start a uh, podcast on Funkos, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we got a lot to discuss tonight. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, we've got so much. Uh, like I said, next week, best of the show. I take it you have your list of uh, – Grievances? <laughs> oh, grievances. so many. I so have many been asked. I have been asked about this, uh, especially I know in the last week, because I know people know we do a festival show, and they ask, how do you exactly do it? 
or what's the grievances? And I was like, usually it's just that. And, and I don't think we – well, we'll go through a brief history of it next week, but uh, for those of you who missed last year. But the grievances usually is the funniest one because usually our list is about the same with some slight differences. Um, right. How long is your list, by the way? Oh, I, I'm, I will pare it down. Because there's some grievances there that I should air privately. (laughs) (laughs) They invite specific people. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. They're they're very pointed, so I will will, will pare it down. But I want to say it's like five or six, like, vague ones, and then about 15 very pointed. (laughs) I want to hear the pointed ones. I, that's the one I, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. I can't wait to hear the point of it, man. <laughs> that's that's where the most fun comes through. So, as as they mm-hmm. always say, you can point at ones as long as it's not about you. <laughs> right. And it could be about me. Hmm. No, it's not about you. Wait, is it? No. no, no, there isn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just check and make sure. <laughs> We got some stories tonight. Of course, we got retro moments of the week. We've got a live look at what's trending. Uh, also tonight, I'm going to reserve a little bit of time toward the end of the show because I, I think some people liked it a few weeks ago when I had that LeVar Files. And I think who was that we talked about at that time about the uh, the things from the smoking gun. Uh yeah. <laughs> Nothing from the smoking gun tonight, but it is actually something that was an interesting um, website that I found that has to deal with something that I have told Mary every year that I could do around this holiday season. Um, I'm not even going to give away the premise of it until we actually do it. Uh, so all of that is ahead. I will tell you. Uh, also, I think this weekend, what else is going on? I, I had like a bunch of notes. Um, we're a few weeks away, and uh, I'm going to be careful here. We're a few weeks away from January 17th. And January 17th, and I, I have the article, and I will probably discuss it later, is going to be Betty White's 100th birthday. Um, there is a huge celebration planned through um, the, I think it's through AMC movie theaters. Um and I'm going to pull up the article uh, while I'm talking to you. But, yeah, that's a few weeks away. I'm wondering if we should do a special Betty White version of our show coming up in January. I love her. I love her. She's adorable. How could you not? I, I, I don't know. How could you not? It's, it's like she's Dolly classy, Parton. It's she's like, smart. She's hilarious. I love her. I think it's on that list. I know it's her, Dolly Parton, Tom Hanks. You know, there's like people that you just can't not like, you know. Um, but it's going to be celebrated in theaters. Uh, Fathom Events announced that Betty White, 100 years young, a birthday celebration, will take uh, a look at the star's life behind the scenes and show the Golden Girls uh, 100 birthday party featuring guests like Ryan Reynolds, Tina Fey, Robert Redford, Lynn manuel Miranda, 
Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, Jay Leno, Carol Burnett, Craig Ferguson, Jimmy Kimmel, Valerie Bertinelli, James Corden, uh, Wendy Malick, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Tickets go on sale Friday, well, to actually today. Uh, but yes, January 17, 2022, Betty White turns 100. So, yeah. You know what, though? When she, when January, on January 16th will be the last day that she could play with a Lego set. <laughs> right. Um, Lego. Oh, Unfortunately Lego. for her, oh. that's just how it's going to work. I mean, that's the last day she can play with Lego. Yeah, unless they, you know what, knowing the good folks at Lego, what they should do in honor of her, they should go ahead make and make a Betty White set age. that she can play? That just for her? Or, I would make one set. Just for I would make uh, a Golden Girls Lego set and do a hundred and above, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go, Lego. Lego, um, if you do that, our idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I feel a little old also because speaking of age, I think Billie Eilish turns 20 tomorrow, which is I was like, wow. now I feel really old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of celebrity birthdays and birthdays coming up in the next week, and I feel bad for any of you to have a birthday in a week of Christmas or in between Christmas and New Year's because <laughs> you're going to get screwed out of your guests pretty much. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah. Um, on the almanac, yesterday was National Chocolate Covered Anything Day. So I don't know if you had anything with chocolate. Um, I did. Did you? Mm-hmm. What did you have? You know how I like my chocolate. That's what And 
we know of the famous underdogs from Rocky to Rudy. <laughs> um, but yes, that's National Underdog Day. Tomorrow, it is National Reefs Across America Day. It is also Answer the Telephone Like Buddy the Elf Day tomorrow. <laughs> How exactly is that? How? You're, you're asking a person that doesn't watch a lot of movies. But anyway, uh, it encourages everyone to add some elf behavior to their day. Of course, we know that Buddy the Elf was played by Will Ferrell in the 2003 movie Elf. That turns 20 uh, in a couple of years. Wow. Um, answering the phone like Buddy the Elf not only surprises unsuspecting callers, but it brightens their day. As your day goes along, it will most certainly brighten yours. Uh, it says simply answer the phone and say, you know, insert your name. Um, so in this case, if I answer, I'd be like, Lavardi Elf, what's your favorite color? Um, <laughs> and as you answer, smile and spread some joy. Uh, it's nearly impossible not to. So uh, additional ways they say to celebrate um, is by dressing up. You dress like an elf. Wear a Santa hat or an ugly sweater, holiday socks. So... Or you could tell elf jokes all day long. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to help you out here. Um, I've done this one other time before, but uh, we have joke corner every once and again. Uh, so pretty much I will even give you a few to help you get started. Uh, what kind of music do elves like best? Oh, goodness. Rap music. <laughs> What do you call an elf who wins the lottery? Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of something with millionaire, but that doesn't work. Go ahead. Wealthy. Wealthy. Waka waka waka. What's the first thing elf children learn in school? The alphabet. I can't believe it. And what kind of photos do elves like taking elfies? There you go. It's the best way to celebrate tomorrow. Uh, it is also National Roast Suckling Pig Day. And tomorrow, December 18th, is a special day for me, and I know for a select few others out there. Because it is also National Twin Day tomorrow. Whoop, whoop. So yes. Twin Day. Mm-hmm. And I am a fraternal twin. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Tomorrow is National Twin Day. Um, if you all want to send more gifts, uh, I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, December 19th. <laughs> yeah, right. Sunday. It is National Oatmeal Muffin Day. And it is also National Hard Candy Day. Um, so if you have like the old school strawberry or fruit hard candies in your purse, or if your grandma has some in her purse, go at it. <laughs> um, I have on a few of those because of someone. I know. Uh, you know, I should have asked you for some candy the other day. And I, 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 I would have given you some. I still have 
like a big chunk of it, but I have some at work and like I sparingly let people have it at work. <laughs> no. You get one. <laughs> uh, Monday is Joe Caroling Day. It is also Mud Day, spelled M U D D. Uh, Mud Day it recognizes the birthday of Dr. Samuel Mud. Um, if mm. you know who he is, um, he is a man whose name was Mud after his dealings with one man. Uh, I'm not even going to, you know, anyway, long story short. I know. After assassinating the president. Huh? I know. Well, you don't know. No, I do know. You don't? Oh, you do know. I do. So, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not even going to go into the long story, but look it up. Monday. (laughs) It's on Monday. It is also National Sangria Day on Monday. Mm, um, And then on Tuesday... It is, uh, is that correct on Tuesday, Wednesday? Oh, that can't be. Actually, it's Sunday. Sunday is the 20th, right? No. I'm, I'm like, so far off. You know, when we get to the end of the year, (laughs) Monday is Monday. Yes, that is Monday. Why why was I self-doubting myself? Anyway, uh, Tuesday, it is Crossword Puzzle Day, National uh, Main Day, the Winter Solstice. They say, <laughs> I'm not going to have an argument about this, <laughs> um, National Flashlight Day, National French Fried Shrimp Day, uh, Yule, which is also the day of winter solstice, and it is also um, on that day, National Homeless Persons Remembrance Day, and then on Wednesday, it is National Date Nut Bread Day, and then on Thursday, it is <laughs> it is Festivus. <laughs> it is National Regifting Day, which is the Thursday before uh, Christmas, and it is National Hoofernoose Day. Hoofernoose Day. Am I correct on that? I have no idea. Okay, so I pretty much the word P F E F F E R N U. S-S-E. Produce. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of letters there that should not be together. <laughs> yes, it should not. It should not. It just sounds like... Uh, and then, of course... Uh, tell you. But anyway, Fufferduce. Oh, okay. So, National Fufferduce Day, which is a German spice cookie. Uh, they're the fluffy cookies oh. made with ground spices and covered in powdered sugar. But yes, now that I've seen them, I'm like, oh. Are you baking? I am, you know what? I am actually baking. I am baking my special cake for uh, someone as I do every year. Uh, so on Friday night or Friday afternoon, I will be baking um, in the kitchen as I normally am around the holidays. So, yeah, not breaking buffer news, but uh, I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> No fucker news. No, 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 no fucker news. And that almost sounded dirty, but I am going to keep it rolling. (laughs) Um, So 
there were well we're almost at the half well we are at the halfway mark um hmm makes me wonder if i should go straight to the retro moment of the week or you know what yeah that's what we're gonna do uh since we had so much fun time with host chat um either a story is going to get cut out tonight or we'll completely go through it and we're going to have overtime tonight or <laughs> something else is going to happen. But I'm glad that you're with us here on this Friday night because we're at the halfway mark. I know that a lot of you were expecting the retro moment of the week to be at this point. This week's retro moment of the week is not holiday friendly. I'm going to tell you that now. <laughs> One commercial I am <sighs> – it is, this is a retro I'm moment worried of the week. Now. Yeah, I'm a little worried too. But it it it, it was a commercial. It is not it does not express the concerns or doesn't even express the views of anyone on this panel. It was a commercial. It is done for historical purposes and to point out how commercials were back then. And then to follow up off of last week's Frito commercial, another commercial that pretty much lied to you. Basically, when you were growing up. So I'm going to have those two commercials. Do not blame me for one of them. But this is page one with Laura Mary. We'll be back on the other end. (laughs) Harvey, want anything special for your birthday? Just a decent cup of coffee. You're kidding. I'm serious. Honey, your coffee's undrinkable. Pretty harsh. Well, so's your coffee. You know, the girls down at the office make better coffee on their hot plates. Well, see you later. And he didn't even kiss me goodbye. You know, if I could just make a decent cup of coffee, I could relax. Oh, relax. Why don't you try instant Folgers? Tastes good as fresh perk. Good as fresh perk? I'll surprise Harvey for his birthday tonight. Hey, great coffee. It's instant Folgers. Doesn't it taste good as fresh perked? Better. Better than those girls make at the office. Honey, their coffee can't hold a candle to yours. Instant Folgers taste good as fresh perked. Try it. (laughs) You know, this was me five years ago, and it's still me. If I confess, I'm a waistline watcher from way back. Well, that's enough for today. Now for a lively lift. Ice-cold Coca-Cola. There's no waistline worry with Coke, you know. Actually, this individual-sized bottle has no more calories than half a grapefruit. Mmm, another thing, the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Coke's a natural. Wholesome blending of pure food flavors. I guess that's why everyone likes the refreshing new feeling you get, only from not-too-sweet Coca-Cola. And no wonder. Lively, lifty Coca-Cola provides a welcome bit of quick energy between meals. Thanks for a pleasant pause in a busy day. Oh, and remember, Coke is low in calories, too. Hey, now, don't you get any thinner. Listening to Page One with LeVar and Mary on Block Talk Radio, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary.
And welcome back, everybody. Page one with LeVar and Mary on this Friday night, December 17th, 2021. That was coffee commercial. That was Folgers. That was not. <laughs> Today's commercial was He <laughs> was like, your coffee's harsh. I was like, wow. <laughs> Oh, that that would be a, you know what you could do, mister? Granted, this was way back when, but I would have been like, you know what you could do with that coffee, with that harsh coffee? You could kiss my grits. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was brutal. I mean, he really went, told her that other women made way better coffee than she did, and that, uh, yeah, coffee was harsh, man. <laughs> Let's go be some bad coffee. Um, I don't know. I'm not a coffee drinker, but hey, and then the whole thing about Coca-Cola being sugar-free, I, I don't think so. <laughs> With no, God drinking, you like sugar-free. It has the same amount of calories as a grapefruit. So if I eat two grapefruits a day and two Cokes a day, that should pretty much be all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do anything for my waistline. <laughs> oh man, all the commercials that used to lie to us, good lord. But um a couple of the stories that we were looking at before we get over to what's trending is uh one of them was about an Arkansas server who you've heard this week the story about they were tipped four thousand four hundred dollars along with their coworker and then she was fired. A party of over thirty people tipped their service 4400 but one of the servers was later fired saying she was told to split it with all the other workers. Uh, she was bought to tears after learning that she was receiving that tip from a generous group of guests, but the happy moment quickly faded when she was fired from her job nearly two weeks later. She alleges she lost her job because of the tip. In an Instagram post from December 2nd, uh, real estate agent Grant Wise could be seen telling the server for his table at the Oven and Tap restaurant in Bentonville, Arkansas, that she would be receiving a $4,400 tip alongside another server of, uh, or another server's table who left early because they weren't feeling well. The tip was part of Wise's group of clients' $100 dinner club. Uh, everybody at the table had contributed or tipped $100 for them and for the other waitress. And we put it out on uh, the social media channels, and they actually had quite a bit more money sent in, so they were tipping at $4,400. Even though the server identified as Ryan Brandt, was told she'd be splitting up the money with the other server. She said her shift manager said she was to split the money with the rest of the restaurant staff. She said, quote, I was told I was going to be giving my cash over uh, to my shift manager, and I would be taking home 20%. She added that in her three and a half years of working at that restaurant, that had never happened before. She turned over the tip so that it would, uh, so that it would be given out to the rest of the staff, according to the Washington Post. She then reached out to Wise and told him about the ordeal, much to his dissatisfaction is he had specifically requested Brant be his table's server. Uh, their team contacted Oven and Tap to get a reservation to confirm their policies surrounding tip sharing or tip pooling and to get confirmation that they did not have such a policy, he wrote on a lab post. They went back and got the tip money back and tipped the servers directly outside of the restaurant to make sure they got their money. Uh, Brant then said after learning she had contacted Wise about the incident, the restaurant's owners fired in a statement to KNWA, the owners uh, confirmed that she had been fired but said it wasn't over the tip money and they would not discuss as to why she was terminated. 
Uh, they said, we recognize or regret that a recent incident in our restaurant could have been handled differently by reminding our team how we would be splitting any tips prior to the event. Tip sharing is a common restaurant industry practice that we follow to ensure all of our team members are adequately compensated for their hard work. Uh, now, Oven and Tap didn't immediately turn a USA Today request for comment. Uh, since then, uh, Wise started to go fund me to raise money for Brant, who said she has now secured another job. He said that he's going to host another $100 uh, dinner club meeting that Brant will be a part of, and any excess money donated to the GoFundMe campaign will be given out to the next group of servers to dinner club visits. <sighs> who's in the right, who's in the wrong in this one? I, I, I would think that if only two servers worked on that table the entire evening, the two servers who worked on the table should be the ones giving a tip, not the entire staff, especially if you didn't work that table. Unless the staff that didn't work that table had to work ex excess tables because those two were specifically for that table. Does that make it's in, sense? It's in Bentonville, Arkansas. How busy could it be? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you all in Arkansas. Yeah, it's I agree. Bentonville, Arkansas. It <laughs> can't be that busy. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, here's the thing, and, and this is this is. There's a lot of different um, industries that do the tip sharing thing, but it's usually a well-established practice. If you're doing a tip sharing, it's usually something that happens all the time. On nights that you get $5 a tip and the nights that you get $4,400 in tips. It doesn't happen just because you get a big tip. It happens regardless. So unless they come, unless every day from the time she handed that 4400 over to them to the day she got fired that they shared tips, every night, then she was, I mean, did she have to contact them? No, but I'm glad she did. Um, the, the restaurant was in the wrong, 100%. Mm -hmm. You have to, I tip the waitresses that I think are doing a great job. And I have been in restaurants multiple times where the waitresses are awesome at my table and then the next time I go I get a different waitress or waiter and they are that wait staff is awful doesn't mm. change the food it doesn't change anything else and I still keep going back to those locations but I will definitely go on those days that if I end up with this with wait staff I'll be like kindly no I uh, can I sit in a different section please and I've done that and it sucks but if they're sharing tips across the board, if that's something that they always do, then it's good to know ahead of time because then I'm going to be tipping a little bit differently than mm -hmm. if I am tipping, which is what tips are for, to show my gratitude for either really good service or my displeasure with really bad service. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I... <laughs> I am just, she got fired because she contacted somebody and made them look bad. That, That's what happened. Yeah. I don't care yeah, what they for, say. What happened? Then tell yeah. us what happened. If you're not going to tell us what happened, then it's exactly what happened. If you're that, you can't come to me and say, "No, she didn't get fired because she notified the people that gave her this huge tip that they that we took that tip away from her." Mm -hmm. That's not why we fired her. But we're not going to tell you why we fired her. 
<laughs> yeah, we all know why you really? fired her. <laughs> We're not idiots. <laughs> so then what, really, it can come down to, we didn't fire her for that tip money. We fired her because of her lack of, um, her, her, uh, what, what my brain just stopped. Like she couldn't, didn't come in as often. Like she called off like her, she didn't have, uh, she didn't come into work as like, as like she's supposed to. My brain is completely stopped. I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but yeah, like she, she did that or, uh, she broke company protocol by looking up somebody's uh, personal information. Or it, it could be anything. It could be like, hey, she broke company po- protocol. Done. Hmm. Like, okay, still sounds like a cover-up, but it's a little bit better than, ah, she did get fired. Not for that. For something else. But we're not going to tell you why. Hmm. Yeah. It's well, I'm glad that she was able to land back on her feet, and I'm glad that uh, you know everybody's kind of moved past it, and that the the people that the you know they they really wanted her to have that tip, and I'm glad that they kind of did what they did and spearheaded it, even though it, it shouldn't have come to that point. Uh, it's a lesson learned for everybody um, to at least, I guess, before something like that occurs, is to get that straightened out before tips start going out like that. But um, yeah, that's uh. That is a shame because uh, you didn't want this to turn into a story around the holidays. Somebody lost lost a job, and now, you know, pretty much at this point, they were still looking, and now they're struggling. But I'm glad that she was able to find something. Like I said, it's Arkansas. I love you all in Arkansas, but yeah, you couldn't have been that busy a restaurant. <laughs> By the way, and this was totally off. This is totally off of what we were going to talk about tonight. But there was a story. I think it's bothering me. Um, and I didn't tell Barry about this, but it's bothering me to know it, and I don't know why. But um, there was a – because I, I promised uh, a friend I would talk about this story tonight. It, it, this is almost – it goes under the yay or nay. Uh, <laughs> and it's not even, this isn't even the story for the end that I have. But it bothered me so much, and this is almost something for when we have special guests on the show. Um, <laughs> I almost forgot about it, and I, and I know I told somebody I would specifically get your opinion on this. I know it's—I already know it's nay. I already know your answer. But <laughs> um, there was a story this week that has been making the rounds of 90 Day Fiance star Stephanie Motto, and. She says that she is earning six figures just from farting into jars. You heard me correctly. Um, That's what she does. And she said that it took a bit of a toll on her health, both mentally and physically. And they said, have you thought that buying NFTs was weird? She told TMZ that she already banked about $100,000 from selling her jarred farts to fans. But her process almost put the artist in the hospital. Artists. <laughs> Air quotes. She tells us that she usually sets aside two or three days a week to work on her hustle, eating foods typically associated with being gassy, like beans and fiber bars. And while it sounds like easy buddy, she said that she recently ate way too many fiber bars that nearly sent her to the emergency room. No rest for the flatulent, though, because uh, she says that she's only going to keep her business going as long as she feels up to it, 
and as long as the checks keep coming. Uh, and um, she also puts a flower petal inside each jar. Uh, <laughs> that's that bothered me because I was like, have we gotten to a point? I know there is a lot of fetishes out there, and I've talked about this with Kate D a few weeks ago, and I've talked about this where we've had different guests on the program for the 401 Lounge. Can you not think of something better to buy than a celebrity's farts in a jar? <laughs> I'm just wondering why I didn't think of that first. I've already farted in a jar for someone and gave them that. It's sitting on the desk. <laughs> and then my next question is, how do you prove that you farted in a jar? Is there a certificate of authenticity? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would um, like to know. Because if I open I, it and I let the fart out, then that means I'm letting out that whatever smell or air. I I need video proof. It does the flower petal going first. come with the jar. <laughs> what? Is the flower petal going first? Because I would think that once you fart into a jar, you only got a few seconds to kind of like tap that thing. Yeah, yeah, the, that the flower petal has to go in first. I need like video evidence that you farted in this jar. Otherwise, it's just air in a can. Like I just, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I'm, um, I'm, I'm being rude, but I, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I really do think it's ridiculous. So, <laughs> all just <laughs> rudeness aside. Um, wow. People are paying good money for something that they're, sweetie, if you're thinking about buying a fart in a jar, you're getting scammed. Thank you. PSA for the day. Wow. Yes. People are ridiculous. That that bothered me to know. I don't know why. Uh, Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Let's take a look quickly at what is trending. And by the way, you're going to be happy to know that today, uh, for a little while, Blazing Saddles was trending. Uh, the reason why is that they were asking people their top five comedy movies of all time. Blazing Saddles made a lot of people's list. So, <laughs> um, and so trending tonight, uh, if we are looking across social media, of course, it is Friday night, so AEW is going to be uh, trending. SmackDown is going to be uh, trending. Uh, Love After Lockup, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, hits theaters on Friday today, and uh, reviews are crawling in. Um, so that is trending. I've seen a lot of people who want to go out and see that this weekend. So I have a very big feeling that this weekend, that's probably going to be the number one movie, and then next weekend, it's probably going to be West Side Story. Um, so um, a lot of NBA is uh, trending tonight. One of the other things, um, which was more disturbing, is I think it was something that you and I talked about. And we, I think I thought it was going to get to this point, but the NFL has now moved around some games. Uh, there will be some games, I think, on Monday evening. Um, and I think perhaps one on Tuesday uh, due to COVID restrictions. This has just been a bad week for the NFL, for the NBA, uh, for parts of the NHL because – what didn't seem to be on the horizon a few weeks ago is now happening to the point of where we are seeing cancellations or postponement of games. Um, seems like we were just in this 
glass cage of issues. And now here we are again. And I don't know how, if this is going to be a continued thing where things happen in the fall, especially with this pandemic, uh, how you can avoid that without canceling portions of your season. Do you take a winter break, come back later when the hope is that it doesn't happen? Or do you just now move everything to particular points of the year so that we get through the entire season without postponement? Uh, there's no, I know that we talked about this. There's no good answer. There's no good answer. I wish there would be. I, I wish we could get to a point where there could be a good answer, where where things are changed, you know, where things have changed and they actually, like, work out the way they're supposed to. But there really isn't. There really isn't a good answer for that. So I don't know. I, I, I wish I did. But I don't yeah, <laughs> we we asked the questions. We hope that the answers can come, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, also trending tonight, Northern Illinois. Uh, I heard a lot of people right before tonight's show saying Northern Illinois got robbed, but Coastal Carolina won the Cure Bowl, defeating Northern Illinois forty-seven to forty-one. Uh, Barbara Eden is also trending tonight because someone uh, had posted a photo of her back in the day in a bikini, and they said without looking it up, who is this? Which those of us who watch TV enough in the 80s would really know. Um, and I've heard that she's 90. Um, really? So, yeah, I've got to look that up, though, and I, I need to make sure that that is correct. I think somebody told me she was about 90 right now, so I don't uh, – I need to just uh, kind of confirm that. Um, but Barbara Eden, to this, is 90 years old. Yeah, she celebrated her 90th birthday August 23rd. Wow. She's looking amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank <laughs> you, man. But, yeah, like I also told you, Blazing Saddles is trending tonight uh, because uh, someone had listed uh, – well, actually, it was a uh, uh, comedian, actor, and author, uh, Burt Kreischer. I hope I got that correctly, uh, who it listed his top five comedy movies. Uh, and he had Caddyshack, Fletch, Happy Gilmore, Tommy Boy, and Airplane. And everyone was saying Blazing Saddles. Uh, and here's the thing, and I want to be real quick with this, because I think you and I have talked about in the past about people who are shocked that I probably like a movie like Blazing Saddles. But somebody said it perfectly uh, online. They said, again, Blazing Saddles is almost entirely about white racists being mockable imbeciles. It's more woke than any other movie released in 2021. <laughs> so <laughs> it pretty much is um, – I mean, it's funny because, yeah, it mocked it. And at the same time, it was like people who saw it then who see it today with an open mind don't really think about the stuff that's in the movie. I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I played it every week. It was. Probably VHS it was. tape. Still, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's still very funny. It's still very funny. Uh, I, I mean, we've, we, I know you and I have quoted it a few times. Just because so, we can. Somebody said, I'd love to watch the experiment where today's college students watch Blazing Saddles and record their reactions. 
Oh, Some of them yes, would laugh, yeah. but then others would not know what to do. No, they wouldn't. Um, I know other people, pretty much Blazing Saddles, everybody's talking about Blazing Saddles. Some people have also said Monty Python, the Holy Grail, um, and then other lists have had um, Caddyshack, Super Bad, Super Bad. You were born recently if you're saying Super Bad. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. So, yeah, Blazing Saddles, I'm glad that uh, people still appreciate that. So, those are the things that are trending tonight. It's true. It's true. It is. <laughs> By the way, happy anniversary to The Simpsons, which debuted uh, on this day in 1989. Uh, Simpsons roasting on an open fire episode. That was the first regularly Simpsons episode to air. If you recall, and if you are a Simpsons fan, remember like me, when they – there was shorts on the Tracy Allman show and then it went to its own half hour show. So um, the other story that I had tonight that I said that we were going to talk about, and I'm going to probably, I think I'm going to cut the other two stories and leave them for next week. So I want to get to the main thing tonight, uh, but this out of Los Angeles, that bad report cards could soon be a thing of the past in California as some of the state's largest school districts are dropping D and F grades. Uh, Los Angeles Santa Ana, Oakland Unified, Sacramento City Unified, and California districts have decided to limit the use of Ds and phased out Fs in grading. High schoolers who fail a test or a homework assignment can get a do-over or more time to complete the work. Students who don't ever finish the assignment or who fail the exam, the final exam, would earn an incomplete, according to EdSource. Uh, The move is called competency-based learning. Advocates argue that assessments should be based on mastery of learning, what students have learned instead of how they test. Supporters also hope it will help kids re-engage after nearly two years of virtual learning during the pandemic. Uh, What mastery learning does is really allow students every opportunity to show that they know the material, and if they don't know the material, to get the support that they need to be able to demonstrate it, according to Stephen Kellner, who is with the California Education Partners. Critics are bat- blasting the plan, saying all it does is lie about students' progress. Some call it a grading system uh, idiosyncratic. Uh, one teacher takes homework assignments late. The other one has extra credit. One curve scores on tests. There's no clear objective unfairness to students if they get one teacher versus another, according to uh, Alex Gallagher, who was with the Policy Analysis for California Education. And critics argue that bad grades serve a purpose, letting students know that they haven't learned adequately is also concerned over more grade inflation. Um, Others say that grading is already an imperfect and subjective system, and failing grades can discourage kids rather than help them learn. I know you. You were in the field of education. Um, What say you? Because I'm a little uh, – I say it's a – You go ahead and go first because I have a very pointed opinion about this. Here's the thing. I don't agree with that. I get why they're doing it because as generations go, and sadly because it is of the, hey, you participated. We're proud of you. And, you know, you at least tried. And if you didn't try, you tried a little. It sends a bad message. I get why they're doing it because today's kids are a little different from me and you, but I don't think that it's helping them. Because if you do that stuff now, 
What happens when you get into the workforce and your boss expects you to have that project by Monday morning at 9, as you walk in at Monday morning at 9 and say, ah, you know what, I'm going to have it for you Tuesday at uh, 5. It's not going to fly over well. Why? Because it was stuff like this that sets up that bad learning down the way. But that's just me. I have a feeling you're going to say about the same thing, but go ahead. <laughs> I think it's a baloney. I'm, I'm trying not to swear. I'm trying so hard not to swear. Swear, swear. Um, I, no, no, I'm not going to swear. Um, no, it's, it's crap. It's bull. It's hockey. It's whatever you want to call it. It's setting up people for failure. And I don't yes, it like it. It, 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 yeah. If I went into work and I said to my boss, we have a project and it's supposed to go live January 4th, just picking a day, it's mm-hmm. not really the day, but we're supposed to go live January 4th. And he's paying out the nose for this thing to go live, okay? Mm-hmm. His contract with me is if I don't get it ready to go live by that date, I don't get paid. And that's a standard contract. That's a standard, standard contract. That's not a. That's not a. That's not like you know, out of the blue, weird. Mm-hmm. If I don't get that done, I can't go in and go. Well, I tried. And he could go. Well, I almost paid. No, I get it. You're right. This generation does have a lot of weird stuff that's been going on, and they are part of the whole participation trophy era. But there are students that actually do learn by saying, it's okay if you don't get it in on time. No. Deadline, school is supposed to teach you about real life, and if you don't set deadlines, if you don't have expectations, if you don't set all of those goals ahead of time, Children learn that, eh, I'll deal with it. Eh, I'll get to it. Eh, I'll turn it in when I can. That's not how real life works. That's not how the workplace works. And if that is how your workplace works, your workplace is not doing the best work. Right. You're not going to have a job much longer. No. So I I, I think it's crap. I think that's the cleanest way that I could put it. I think it's crap, and it's a disservice to the students. I get what they're trying to go for, but it's not helping them. It's hurting them. It's hurting them more than it's helping them, and that's crap. That makes me sad. That makes me yeah. feel like the teachers that are in there that are the educators, well, not the teachers, the educators that are in there trying to come up with these policies to, to help them not test no, an interview is a test. Doing your work is a test. They're gonna te- that's stuff that happens every day. And if you want your kids to succeed, you teach them the things that they need to survive. You don't teach them the things that you want. Hey, we'll get to it. It'll be okay. Yeah. They've given up uh, if that's what it is. They've stopped caring if that's what they're doing. Pretty They've much. Lost uh, I was just shocked when I heard about that. I was like, I get the probably getting rid of the F thing and like maybe having the D the lowest, but to sit there and to say, Hey, we're going to give you more time because you didn't get something that you're responsible. You don't have anything else really going on. I used to tell my nephews, I was like, 
you're not responsible, and I hope not for a lot of these kids, probably 99.99% of you, you're not responsible for the household, major household things that are going on. You do a couple of chores, that's it. Your job is to go to school and learn. And pretty much if you can't do your job in that regard when you are in school, I don't know what to tell you. And you're going to have a lot of problems. This is why now I see a lot of younger people ill-prepared. And I don't want to sound like the guy who's shaking his fist, get off my lawn, but portions of places now ill-prepare a lot of these kids for real life. And when you get out into the workforce, that type of attitude or that type of uh, workmanship is not going to fly. And you're going to find yourself bouncing from job to job because of poor skills. And I would you, I, I heard it and I couldn't believe it. I, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's bad. And I'm not trying to be that person either. I'm not trying to say that it's a get off my lawn kind of thing. But, like, I, I said this to kiddo. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm willing to meet you halfway on a lot of these things. I'm not going to sit here and say you have to get straight A's. Although I know a lot of parents that come from my kind of background, that's what they would say. Um, however, I reminded her, up until you graduate high school, your job, your sole job is to go to school and learn. Your sole job is to get the grades. Your sole job is to do what they tell you to do because when you get out into the workforce, you're not going to be earning six figures sitting on your ass. Use my language. I did swear. But you're not going to get six figures just sitting around doing nothing. And if you are uh, – one of the things that these kids are, like, not getting is that there are huge money earners on Twitch, on YouTube, on, on Instagram – those influencers that are making tons of money, do you know what they're doing? They're working really, really hard. Those people are mm-hmm. hustling all the time. So they're hitting their deadlines. They're making the great – they're not saying, you know what, I know I was supposed to post a video today, but eh, I'll do it tomorrow. Those people don't earn the kind of money that they are thinking. They'll just go on YouTube and make millions of dollars. It doesn't work like that. You have to put in the hours. You have to put in the work. You have to hit your deadline every time. And by mm-hmm. taking away, I'm okay with taking away an app. I'm okay with making it as an incomplete. Even better than that, that incomplete means that you need to retake it. Hmm. That's what, in my brain, in my head, if you have an incomplete on your report card, that means you have to retake that class. Well, if, if you're held back because you can't graduate because you didn't finish those those classes, not my deal, dude. you got to finish them. Right. That I'm okay but, with. But giving like them say, extra time because they couldn't finish, not I'm on uh No. Exactly. Nope. I'm feeling the same way about it. And by the way, I know it's... Please, please. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> got to make sure I got that in. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, but no, I it was uh, I was floored by that, and I hope uh, it does not do the reversal of what I think it's going to do, and that's my fear. And we shall see. Hopefully, that is not spread to other states. <laughs> 
Um, I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean S M A R R T. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, before we leave out of here today, I, <laughs> I promise something for the love of our pods where every once in a while, if I find something interesting, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. But this comes this week. I got to say that the idea came from actually sports radio because the the topic came up about this time of year and and about Hallmark movies and how hokey these movies are and how predictable that they are, how anybody that I've said for years, I used to tell Mary, I could probably write um, a Hallmark movie, but it'll be good. Well, guess what? There's actually – a website, uh, an author. Her name is Madeline Trebinsky, <laughs> who came up a few years ago. And it, it, it's so good. This time of year, you have to bring it back out. It is the guidelines for female protagonists in Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> truthful. I'm going to read this to you. So pretty, once again, the guidelines for a few – now, you and I both know if we're listening to this or if we've seen one, if you've seen one, you see them all. It all has the same thing. But this is her guidelines. Uh, the, it says she must be a high-powered career woman living in a major metropolitan area. She was born in a small town, but she must move to the big city to become some kind of journalist or own a bakery or work vaguely in fashion. Now she's a successful career girl striving to be the very best version of some generic profession that doesn't need too much explanation for a general audience. <laughs> um, she must go home for Christmas and throw that high-powered career into garbage. Sure, she gets great satisfaction from maintaining her independence, achieving her goals, and surrounding herself with people who challenge and inspire her. But it's time for her to stop working and start living the Hallmark way. It's time for her to go home for the holidays. <laughs> She has oh, to have God. a encounter with a generally good-looking young man from her past. Once home, she will greet whichever of her parents is still living. She's required to miss at least one of them tragically. Then she must bump into some guy she knew in high school. He knew her when she was still young and carefree, before she had any meaningful life experiences, and before her brain was even fully or really finished developing. He knows the real her. Also, one of the other guidelines the family farm or business must be failing. Her one remaining parent or guardian must tell her that the family business is on the brink of financial ruin. What will the town do without her family's farm, restaurant, or dentist office? Go to another farm, restaurant, or dentist office? Not possible. She must fix it. Also, she needs to participate in a local holiday tradition. She must do that thing that her town has done every year since its founding. The thing that could potentially be a tree lighting ceremony, an ice skating rink for people who knew each other in high school, or a pie making contest hosted by a charming old man who keeps asking her why she's not married yet. This is when he sees the generically good looking young man from her past again. He is probably named Kurt, and he looks like a potato in a fair isle sweater. They're in love now. <laughs> she will ride a horse at least once. She knows how to do this, even if she doesn't. She also inexplicably owns riding pants and appropriate footwear in the correct sizes. <laughs> she must avoid all calls from her uptight city friends and that annoying boss who is still paying for her for some reason. She will throw her phone in the river. She can't love both her job and Christmas. The oversimplified plan she comes up with to save the family farmer business must involve Kurt. The actual plan is irrelevant. 
Just make sure to build some sexual tension with Kurt, her handsome potato man. She can invite him to help with the bake sale that's going on to save the family ranch, car dealership, laser spine surgery clinic, and then accidentally touch his hand while reaching for a cookie cutter. Our target 30 to 55-year-old female audience will slide right off their couches. <laughs> the plan must fail, and she must blame her strapping young potato. She will find some small shred of evidence pointing to Kurt, which explains the big sales failure. Then she must jump to conclusions, i.e., I should have never believed in love. <laughs> Any new plans to save the family business must involve a call back to the aforementioned local holiday tradition. For example, it turns out that the ornaments from the town square tree are made of solid platinum, and our protagonist's great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's made them. She can sell them to save the family whatever. It's a Christmas miracle. She must make a public apology to her handsome potato. She must apologize to Kurt, whose only real crime is being unforgivably boring. She must say the words Christmas spirit at least twice, and they must kiss, even if it's totally devoid of sexual chemistry. She's required to wear a full-length gown to the Christmas ball. Her town may only have one stoplight, but it at least has ten formal occasions a year that requires a ball gown. <laughs> and she must find out she's royalty. Her great-great-great-great-grandfather was also a king from a country no one has ever heard of. Wow. And she must abandon the entire life she's built for herself and make her life about Kurt, the family farmer business, and her hometown like a good God-fearing American woman. Time for to throw that master's degree in the garbage. Kurt T. Potato Man is her master now. And be prepared to repeat again <laughs> next year. If her story proves to be financially successful, there will be a sequel. It will center entirely around the pressures of planning a royal wedding and a few flimsy references to the first film. Women will hate themselves even more for watching it, and Hallmark will be one step closer to completing its ultimate goal of reminding women everywhere that the particular <laughs> the patriarchy lives within all of us. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I oh my love God. it. <laughs> If that is not as close as a guideline to a female protagonist in a Hallmark Christmas movie, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so for all of you who are watching tonight or tomorrow or sometime this weekend, think about what we said, <laughs> and you'll realize that all of them are the same freaking thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Home for the holidays. Home for Christmas. Four Christmases. Two Christmases. A Christmas tree. Oh, wait. It's, it's got to be something where it is I'm relevant. I'm surprised that it didn't involve her going to a different country. It did. I think because she was the king or the queen or something, possibly. That's the sequel. Ah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Maybe the, the ones on location in France, that's probably what it Oh, <laughs> but that is the guidelines for Hallmark, female protagonists in Hallmark Christmas movies, which is hilarious. Uh, it is like the one where he, his name must be Kurt, gotta be Kurt, <laughs> nothing else. I would have thought Brian, but no. No, no, no. It's either Kurt or Alex. It's only four letters. Oh, yeah. Dad. No, it's only four it's, letters. It's it's yeah you know those 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 Kurt's or Alex's 
they always get the woman in the Hallmark. Mama, there goes that man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's the four-letter words, man. Four letters. <laughs> oh, Lordy, yes. So I hope I did not ruin your Hallmark Christmas movie this, this weekend or for the remainder of the holiday season, but uh, um, I'll be fine. Uh, before we adjourn for the evening, um, did you have any shout-outs? Not this week. No. Not this week. Hmm. Ooh. Gotcha. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we'll have one next week. <laughs> of course. Um, It'll be during yeah. my Texas plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my area this will be my shout out next week. Yeah, we a shout out to everybody. <laughs> Oh, man. Yes. So uh, next week, uh, page one, we'll be here, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. It will be page one with our Festivus special um, mixed into it. And then uh, two weeks from tonight, uh, which is New Year's Eve, it will be a New Year's Eve special, our year in review show, our year in rewards show. Um, and you can spend the early part of your New Year's Eve with us at least until you either go out or watch TV um, and fall asleep at 1130. But uh, we'll be here. I still feel like we should do something live in at least the first two time zones where we can be with people at the stroke of midnight. I, I don't know. I'm still debating on that. We will see. We'll, we'll work on it. But until then, I don't have any shout-outs, so I guess that will pretty much call it the evening. So I'm glad that you are feeling a little bit better, my friend. I'm glad that you were back. I'm glad that we're both back here after being off. I miss this when we don't do it on a week. It feels a little weird because then I feel like there's stuff that we need to talk about and we need to catch up on. And actually tonight was one of those where we actually had a few stories that we didn't get to. Hopefully we'll get to those next week uh, sometime or in the near future. Uh, but uh, that will do it for tonight. Like I said, join us back here next Friday night, Christmas Eve, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central. Who knows? Maybe we'll even do a reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. So uh, for Mary, I'm LeVar. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple.